Josh and Norton are back to talk all things fantasy NASCAR. It's the Atop the Pit Box Podcast. Let's go. Welcome in to another episode of the Atop the Pit Box podcast. I am your host, Josh Rolfus. Alongside me, as always, is our commissioner, Mr. Norton. How are we doing tonight, sir? Man, I'm still reeling from yesterday. I think that's the greatest race I've ever seen. I, I wanted to give it a day before I said that because recency bias, but I I woke up this morning feeling the same way. That's the greatest race I've ever seen. You're not alone. That's a, a very popular opinion. Uh, who would have thought Atlanta would have uh, changed so many hearts and minds from just a couple years ago? Yep, they kept saying the track just needed to to season and weather up. And man, if that's what they needed, then let's just do that to all the tracks. <laughs> that's that's. I, I think you'll have some uh, some pushback from some of the the drivers, but uh, sounded like they had fun. So. It was uh, definitely a good race, and we will get to that. But before we do, I uh, just want to thank you for for listening and tuning in with us. And want to just start with a couple housekeeping notes here. Uh, we had mentioned in the past we are going to do our name bracket challenge. We ran it last year. A lot of fun on Twitter, a lot of in- interactions, a lot of engagement, and uh, was, was a, a fan favorite. So we're going to bring that back this year. And working out the kinks, and and we have a lot of names to to get through. What's that going to look like for uh, for this year? Yeah, so we ended up with 163 out of our 266 teams with team names. So much larger than last year. A much bigger bracket that we have to try to figure out. And I think what we're leaning towards is some sort of pod system where we do like an early elimination. We'll call it we'll call it Selection Sunday for the team name bracket. Um, but just a way to try to get some team names out, advance the others into a bracket that is a little bit more manageable by the time, you know, March Madness starts so that we can kind of run those two things together at the same time. So yeah, working on that, got the list of team names, getting them ready. It's all going to be randomly generated. So there won't be any bias on matchups of team names. Um, but we've got a really good showing a lot of really good team names. I'm excited to see how this goes. And it's going to be done by voting on X or Twitter. Uh, so if you have not submitted your Twitter handle to us and you want to include that as part of your team name, that is going to be how most people will find you and we'll tag you in those posts so that uh, you can promote that and and try to recruit people to vote for you. So if you haven't, if you didn't fill that out when you submitted your team name, just shoot us a, a note and we will get that updated for you. Yeah, and we also, on a another little housekeeping note here, um, had a recommendation from a friend of the league, Mr. Tracy Norton, uh, that we should set up a Facebook group. I think that's a really good idea. It's not we're, we're on Facebook, but we're not really active in it. And uh, I'm in another league where they have a Facebook group. Works really well. Um, just a way for league members to engage with the, one another that may not have X, since that's where we are predominantly. Um, but perhaps we can create this group, get some interaction there, and maybe also use it as another platform for some some of the voting and and a little bit of Discord stuff. So I think that's actually a really good idea. Uh, run the the polls concurrently on both, and then total them up 
that way people that aren't on on Twitter can can still vote. So I think that's a really good idea. Great job, friend of the show, T Nort. Uh, we'll get you on here one one of these days. Let's get talking about Atlanta. And let's be honest, if you didn't like the race yesterday, you might as well just stop watching NASCAR. Absolutely. I'm I'm so excited to hear from so we know NASCAR's got a lot of new fans with the Netflix documentary. We heard it after Daytona. Um, a lot of new people tuning in to see it because of that documentary. And a big question was, can the tracks coming up keep that interest? Because Daytona, we all know what that is. We know the excitement surrounding that. Can it keep the interest of non going in these next races? And Atlanta, I've already said it, is the greatest race I've ever seen. And if that didn't keep people's interest, then they will not be fans of NASCAR. It just isn't going to work out. It won't be a happy marriage. With this race and the way that the the cars were on edge the whole time, you heard the drivers talk about how difficult it was to to keep the cars uh, in the corner, you know, on track. I know we joked about and talked about uh, could we drive a a car, you know, a, a NASCAR, 180 miles around, and this just cemented that these guys are in a league of their own watching them go around three even four wide around these turns at 170 180 miles an hour is absolutely amazing and with the passing and the the strategy and the way that it really leaned on the driver's skills would you say that this is was reminiscent of the old quote-unquote old nascar where you know, before the next gen car and we had the issues that we're having is, is this more like old school NASCAR? You know, there's been so many different versions of the car. Um, obviously we know the problems with the next gen, but you had the tandem racing where, you know, only two cars could run together and there's always been different setups for super speedways. Um, what I saw yesterday was about as similar to the old exciting times of, of super speedway racing and just seeing them run, you know, we, we get excited about three wide because next gen came out and it was like, okay, we're running two wide racing. Nobody's moving. You can't pass. You can't dive low. You got to see all that at Atlanta and even Daytona. We weren't able to see cars jump out of line, make a pass and jump back in line. And that is something that you used to be able to see from the nineties racing. So that was really exciting. The four wide racing blew my mind like that rarely <laughs> works out. You know, you go four wide, somebody's going to get loose. Somebody's going to mess up. There's going to be a wreck. They ran around the track at least one lap four wide. And there were times where it didn't work out. But for the most part, the way that they were able to handle these cars at those speeds in four wide, and it wasn't just the end of the race, they were racing the entire time. And that's been the the criticism with super speedways. We saw it at Daytona last week. Everybody complained about we're just running fuel saving and fuel mileage race and get to the end of the race. This wasn't that this was racing nearly a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it was, it was very, very entertaining to watch. Let's start at the end. This is where the, I mean, for as exciting as this race was to have this as the finish was very fitting. The winner barely Daniel Suarez, and I know that I will personally say I'm sorry to Daniel Suarez because I was 
uh, very low on him. Uh, he's not on any of my teams. And in fact, he's not owned by by many people in this this year's league. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one that owes him an apology. There's been so much doubt for Suarez um, in our fantasy league. That was an indication. Only six teams uh, started the season with Daniel Suarez out of 266 people. And even outside of our league, it was Daniel Suarez is on the hot seat. You know, SVG's coming in, Trackhouse is making all these moves to bring these other drivers up, and who are they going to replace? Everybody's pointing to Daniel Suarez. And he's not even a super speedway driver, and he pulled that off yesterday. He's locked into the playoffs more than likely, and now we he gets to, to rest, and let's see what that confidence does for him going forward. So we've – Daniel Suarez uh, proved a lot of people wrong yesterday. I am a big fan of seeing people – that are doubted and their backs against the wall. It's it's nice to see them come through. And Daniel Suarez is one of them. I mean, he he's he's valued at a 12. I think we we all picked him as one of the overvalued drivers coming into the start of the year. Uh and to get that win in the second race, that's huge for him. So it will be interesting to see what his what his trajectory is going forward if this allows him to relax and, and maybe pick up another win or two down the road, or, you know, is this a blip that, that, you know, and he goes back to struggling. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with him. Part of that close finish was your boy, Ryan Blaney and the eight of Kyle Busch. Uh, this was the closest race ever, right? So this was the third closest race between first and second ever uh, in NASCAR. However, I am hearing that this is the closest three-way race, three-way finish in motorsports history. So all sports, com- all motorsports combined, three cars coming to the finish line. You had a difference of seven one thousandths of a second between first and third place. I don't even know how they figure that out. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't. The pictures don't tell you anything because it's just a blur of a bumper crossing a yellow line, and nobody knew. People, the broadcast didn't know right away. And I was obviously leaning towards Blaney. I was certain it was Blaney, but I, I trust whatever computer is out there telling them that that is how, and you know, more pictures you see, the more it probably was Suarez at the line. Uh, you know, Bush was behind, but again, first to third is what we're talking about here. And they went that entire lap without wrecking. They went five laps caution free at the end when you're expecting chaos. And that's just another reason why I think this race is above all, because you didn't see chaos and wrecking behind them. You saw moves. People didn't stay in line. They got out of line. They went three wide and the race to the finish was not anybody dooring anybody. Nobody sent anybody into the wall. They came across the finish line racing. And that's all it was. And Suarez got it. So Suarez gets minus five points fantasy points for for winning the race we're gonna shout out todd gilliland who is not in our fantasy league this year uh he won most uh laps led so there won't be a a bonus point for for that part of it and real real quick on on him too uh he has now led the most laps out of anybody in nascar right now so todd gilliland front row motorsports doesn't even make it into our fantasy league has led the most laps in nascar up to this point very impressive season so far. Front row motorsports, Michael McDowell, he wins stage one, gets his first ever pole, 
and then win stage one. Really strong showing for him. And then you get Gilliland leading the most laps. That's a really good start of the year for Front Row Motorsports. And it's crazy because they've got this new alliance that was announced, might have been announced after Daytona, actually, with Penske. So Front Row Motorsports is now in some sort of alliance, and those are always different. You don't know exactly what that means, or we don't. But you have to question that kind of manufacturer alliance, that they're getting more support from Ford, and it's showing on the track now. This is exactly what you want to see from these lower teams. It also makes you wonder, is this a sign of what's to come for uh, Stuart Haas? We've, we've talked about them enough, and uh, you know there's always the rumors out there with Tony Stewart possibly selling. And when you see this new alliance for an, another Ford team, it makes you just wonder, if if there might be some resources going away from Stuart Haas at some point. And then Austin Sindrick wins stage two. So he gets the other minus three bonus who, points. Who did? Who was that? Yeah, we'll get to your pick later. <laughs> Just copy my picks, whatever. We had great racing, but it also had a lot of cautions. And it started early, second week in a row, where we've had a caution in the first couple laps, uh, taking cars out. So that really impacted some of our uh, fantasy scores and some bad luck for some of these drivers. And they're kind of a lot of these drivers are in a hole now because they have had some poor showings here uh, of maybe not of their own doing. Yeah, just to continue on with how compelling this race was, Atlanta for Atlanta, that race on or that wreck on the second lap, I believe it involved 16 cars, and that was the largest wreck in Atlanta history. That was Atlanta. We probably could talk about it for for hours. Uh, for for once, it's nice to have a, a a good race or a great race, really, to uh to recap uh versus some of the duds we've had in the past. But we are going to move on to our fantasy section, and we're going to start with a much changed top ten. Yeah, so I don't think that we have a repeat team in the top ten. Um, so I will start at the bottom, and we actually have a three-way tie for ninth place between Dan Grable, number one, Clarieville Racing, that's at PaulSD3320359 at Twitter, uh, Z-Spot Motorsports at Mark underscore the underscore Z underscore spot on X. Eighth place is Five Flavored Fruit Punch. Seventh, Larson Fan, number five, CLT, that's at NASINF1 Fantasy on Twitter. And he is a rookie to the league this year. Tie for fifth between Wheeling Feeling, that's at Jake Flatley on Twitter, and Swa31, that's at SM Welsh31. So that's a tie for fifth place. Going into fourth place is the second team of SM Welsh31. So he has fourth and fifth place right now for his two teams. Very impressive. Swa78. Third place is Husker Knowledge. Second, Shout out to Reagan Rolfus. And first place is Cargo Fast. So we have four rookies in our top 10 this week. Always nice to see the fam represented. My daughter, uh, who is 11 and picked her own team. Uh, and nice to see her. She's very excited. I told her that it is a long season. <laughs> but yep. enjoy your time at the top while you can. My daughter was following along with the updates as I was shouting them out. And she had... Crawled into the top five. I think she might have gotten up to third at one point. And she was keeping an eye on Reagan. They're friends. So she saw Reagan was in first at one point. But yeah, big. And I don't think this is the first time we've we've talked about Reagan in the top 10. She's 
She's got something figured out in this league. At least in the beginning. Yeah. With super speed races and the first two races of the year, we're going to have a lot of movers and fallers. Uh, this is always a fun, fun part of it, uh, especially in the beginning of the year. Who are our biggest movers and fallers this week? Yeah, so you're you're right on. This is the first time we've ever started the season with two super speedways. So we do expect a lot of movement at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, we had one one of our members on Twitter point out that he had dropped 20 spots. I think he went from third to 23rd or something like that. And I was like, oh, just wait till you see some of these. So yeah, I wish I fell 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your uh we'll start with the biggest risers this week is first is moms for Blaney. That's Ida Columite on Twitter. She moved up 172 positions from P255, that's 11 places away from last, to P83. Uh, second biggest riser is Mrs. Crotch. Shout out to Nancy. Up 161 positions from P196 to P35. And your third biggest riser is Left Turn Agnes up 155 positions from p241 to p86 yeah i mean you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of those uh big moves uh especially in the beginning when there's just not a lot of weeks behind us so uh it's always fun to see the reactions of people that <laughs> fall and uh or, or rise you know each week so yeah and and while the biggest risers shouldn't get too excited because of that I'll also throw out a disclaimer to these biggest fallers that they shouldn't be too discouraged yet. So looking at our biggest fallers, uh, Dean Osdemore dropped 170 positions from P71 to P241. Second biggest faller is Grey Duck Racing number 20. That's at Bikes Fan 90210. And he dropped down 164 positions from P61 to P225. And our champion from last year, also dropped 164 positions. They have the same team, Grey Duck Racing number 20, and did not nail it. Both dropped 164 positions from P61 to P225. Now let's take a look at our highest rookies after two weeks. Yes, so your top 10 rookies, and for the sake of easy math, I'm going to start at the top. We've already talked about SWA 78 and SWA 31, so Two of the same person, two teams, running fourth and fifth. We have another tie for fifth, Wheeling Feeling. Seventh place, Larson Fan number five, CLT. So those are the four rookies that are in our top ten that we mentioned earlier. In twelfth place, we have Elevated Racing. That's at Evan McNeilia on Twitter. Seventeenth place, tied with, uh, we have a tie for Italian Racing and Lebo Motorsports, tied at 17th. In P19, Real Fast and Real Left. That's at underscore Alex Davison on Twitter. And your 10th highest rookie right now is in P24. That is at Enterprise. And I believe that is also the one that dropped from 4th to 24th last week and was discouraged. So at Enterprise, I would love to be hanging out in 24th place right now. Yeah, I'll switch you. Yeah. We don't have a lot of data, but let's take a look at our fantasy driver standings is something that we're going to kind of talk about uh this information is on the website as well so if you want to go and look at it again or or look a little bit more in depth um but we're going to go over some of the the overperforming underperforming and our our top and bottom drivers so far through two weeks so uh let's start with top five drivers as they're running so far through two races 
Yeah, it's like you mentioned, only two weeks in, so nothing to get too excited about for this list. But um, in first place, you have Bubba Wallace, the number one fantasy driver right now with an average of five fantasy points per week. Second place. I think somebody had him as their uh, surprise Final Four. Just saying. Yeah, I don't don't recall. I can play it. I wish I had that on cue. I'd just play it. Like we said, we're two weeks in. <laughs> I'm going to gloat while I can. And Bubba's a super speedway driver. We'll see how he starts doing at these intermediates now. Last year at this time, my my bold prediction had already been busted. So at least I'm still kind of in it right now. That's fair. So I'm going to gloat. Uh, all right. So your second best fantasy driver at the moment is William Byron, averaging 6.5 points per race. Third is Kyle Busch, averaging 7.5. Fourth, a surprise, Austin Sendrick averaging 11.5 points per race. And your fifth best fantasy driver at the moment is Chase Elliott with an average of 13 points. So kind of a sneaky, quiet Chase Elliott in fifth place. I would not have guessed that. I I would not have guessed that either. I didn't feel like he has, I mean, I guess he won a stage, but he really hasn't been there towards the end. Um, so that was, as, a, as somebody that has Chase Elliott on their team, I'm very happy to to see that. And he was backwards on the track at least twice yesterday. So that's just another thing that the the drivers that overcome adversity yesterday in that race, Daniel Suarez was in the first track of the day and won it. I mean, you could go through the list and most guys wrecked and were ended up overcoming it. Let's go through our bottom five fantasy drivers as we as they run currently. All right. So we will start in the 26th best fantasy driver is Josh Berry with an average of 27 fantasy points per race. Joey Logano is 27th with an average of 28.5. That's a surprise. Another surprise, Tyler Reddick averaging 29.5. He is tied with Austin Dillon at 29.5. And your worst fantasy driver at the moment is Brad Keselowski with an average of 33 fantasy points. I'm so glad I don't have to pick brag Kozlowski anymore got that out of the way that's he's in trouble that's that's not a I mean I guess it's it's the super speedways but man it's not a great start yeah I was very high on Brad Kozlowski as you know um it again it is super speedways but that's kind of been his bread and butter and he is averaging 33 fantasy points after two super speedway races so I think there's enough to be concerned certainly not going to write him off yet but it it is about as bad of a start as you could could expect anybody to have for, for Brad Kozlowski. So let's talk about the drivers who are overperforming their values. And this is a, a an interesting way to look at this. And as people look to make their swaps for their teams, this is something that is available for them to kind of analyze their team and, and where their drivers are running. Who are the, the drivers that are over and underperforming so far yeah so your top two overperforming drivers we've mentioned them already austin sendrick was valued as a nine he is currently running as a 19 point driver so 10 spots over his value and john hunter nemechek we mentioned him last week after a strong finish he's also valued at a nine and running as a 16 so your two nine point drivers are your top two overperforming drivers at the moment trying to find a uh, a, a diamond in the rough type driver. And so not sure 
you know, we weren't sure who that was going to be. Uh, obviously, still very early, so take everything with a grain of salt. But a couple drivers that have really overperformed their their values pretty significantly so far. Yeah, and uh, looking at your underperforming drivers, your top two underperforming drivers are Kyle Larson, valued as a 20. So he's your second highest fantasy driver this year, running as a 10 with 21 and a half points per race average. And Joey Logano, we've already mentioned him as one of your bottom five. He's also running 10 spots below his uh, projected value. He's running as a seven. He was valued as a 17. You're only concerned about one of those, right? Only one of those is concerning. Yeah. And like we mentioned, we're, we're two weeks, two weeks in, we're two super speedways in, but Kyle Larson is not a concern. Um, yeah. Kyle Larson's going to be just fine. He's going to rise. He did it last year. Uh, he, he had a shaky first half of the season and still ended up in your final four. So I'm not concerned about Kyle Larson. Joey Logano though, there's gotta be some concern in that, in that camp after last year's performance and just not really a factor down down the stretch last year and to be running as a seven point driver that is that's not a great start for him yeah and i think looking at him and brad keselowski we've already talked about him but the expectation is high for them on super speedways and we know that anything can happen to anybody and a lot of times people wreck out of these races and it has nothing to do with what they did but these two it was kind of self-inflicted wounds. They they have made a lot of mistakes in these last two two weeks. Obviously, Joey having the penalty for the for the glove uh, that ended up wow. not being too bad of a penalty thanks to that wreck. But then he uh, he went for that block or whatever it was, trying to fill a hole that wasn't there against Chris Buescher at the end of stage two. That ended his day. So that is that's on Joey Logano, and you can't just look at these two and say they got some bad luck. They they put themselves in the positions they're in right now. I do think they'll climb out of it, but how far is the question? Joey Logano is a 17-point driver. So if you're looking to to maybe swap him out, the the option at that same value would be Martin Truex. And so how does he can kind of compare to where he's run it, where his value is? Yeah, good question. Martin Truex is your sixth best fantasy driver right now. He's running as an 18 with a 13.5 average over the first two weeks. So, yeah. So the, the tricky part of the swap is you only get one and it's best to do it early, but how early is, is too early to start making swaps. We've already had, already had a couple swaps and we'll talk about those in a minute, but uh, they are going to start. People are going to start taking some chances here and, and switching up their team. So, so after a fantastic race, what do the track stats look like? Uh, for Atlanta, comparatively speaking, to, to previous years. Yeah, so looking at Atlanta uh, for this spring race, your track stats, you got a low score of 37 points by Bengals 2024. That is at Too Drunk in Gun Room on Twitter. High score of 145 points by uh, at Brandon1230 Wall on Twitter. And your average score came in at 90 points. So I was keeping an eye on that average as the race was going on, just because we had so much chaos and so many big names going out. The highest average we've ever had at, at Atlanta was set back in the fall of last year at 96 average points. Uh, we were up to 95 at one point in yesterday's race, but we had a few drivers that like we, like we mentioned overcome adversity. 
uh, brought that average score down to 90. So no, no records were broken yesterday. Um, my I, my uh, eight-point low score record at Atlanta is still safe, and I think it always will be. Uh, so no records were broken, but the average score was was pushing it there for a while. We mentioned it before, the the swaps. Do you want to kind of go in to some uh, overview of what the swap process is and, and, and how that works? I know there's been questions about when do the points change, the values change, and just kind of can you just give everybody a, a, an overview of the, the swap rules? Yeah, so we've had a lot of good questions already this year. Um, every owner, every crew member, whatever you want to call them, is allowed one swap on their team before the playoffs. And that is new this year. It used to be uh, the Charlotte race. The all-star race was when our swap deadline was. We're allowing it up until the playoffs this year. So you get to pick one driver, drop them and replace them. You still have to remain in the $80 salary cap. And that is the salary cap that is set at the beginning of the season. So we're not changing values as the season goes. Uh, you're not looking at where they're currently running as their value. We had that question today. It was a good question. It is based on the original values set at the beginning of the season, and you get one swap on your team. We had our first two swaps of the 2024 season happen this week. Yeah, we did. So uh, we won't we won't ever announce what teams make the swaps, just in case there is some strategy involved on you know finding similar teams or. Um, whatever you may decide for a reason to be the swaps, but we will go over what drivers are swapped out for what drivers. And today's swap, we had somebody drop, drop Christopher Bell and add Joey Logano. And we also had a swap for dropping Ty Gibbs and picking up Daniel Suarez. So we mentioned that Daniel was a low owned driver. He was sixth at the beginning of the season. He's now owned by seven teams. The Logano swap is very confusing to me. Um, I would love to know the thought process behind that. I, I, that doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Is that is there any? Can you kind of try to get in the head of this person what that what they were thinking? So it could be a lot of things. Um, you know, there's we've kind of talked about Logano now, being that maybe they're leaning towards it can't get much worse for Logano, and uh, it's all uphill from here. He's going to rebound. He's going to come back. It could also be ownership. Maybe they were trying to change around the the ownership. If a lot of people are owned by, uh, maybe too many people owned Christopher Bell, and they felt that they wanted to be unique, different. I don't think this team had any exact matches, but trying to separate yourself from some of the higher drivers, if if that works out, you have a better chance of moving up. So that is a strategy that some people do decide to take when they don't want to have too many of the same drivers, and that. I think that would be the same with the Ty Gibbs swap, I would imagine. Yeah, the Logano one doesn't make sense to me, but I've never won the league, so what do I know? I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, the Ty Gibbs one, he, he's a 13-point driver, swapping him out for Suarez, for which is a 12. Uh, seems a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to a, a win. Uh, I'm still higher on Ty Gibbs overall the through the length of the season than I would be Daniel Suarez, but this could be... Maybe this is they they think this is going to be the jumping point, jumping off point for Daniel, and he's gonna you know tear it up. You only get the points from when you swap. So the earlier you swap, the the the, the better. Uh, if they do better, uh, you always run the risk of of it not working out. But nice to see a couple people making some moves and making some changes. And uh, 
as we get down and, and get more data into the more races completed, we're going to get more swaps. But uh, the first two have been made for this year. Next up is uh, a new segment that we are going to run this year where every episode of the podcast, we are going to pick a random team in the league and and talk a little bit about them. Uh, the goal is to just have a conversation about a specific team and maybe give you a little insight on to who they are, where they're from, kind of that, that kind of thing. So our first uh, random fantasy team is Laura number one, and she comes to us from Twitter at Laura24Fan. Uh, this is her first year in the league. You want to break down her? You want to list off who she's got on her team? Laura number one. Um, that indicates she does have two teams. She did submit two teams. So welcome to the league, Laura. Um, team number one is what we're going to talk about tonight. She has Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, and Justin Haley. And one thing that I'll point out here real quick, she has two teams. You didn't hear me say Byron. Her Twitter handle is Laura24Fan. So one can only assume that that must be 24 for Jeff Gordon because she does not have William Byron on either of her teams. I would be, uh, it'd be interesting to know why she's not a Byron fan. She just uh, fell off with, with, uh, with Gordon and, and didn't move on. She is new to the league and uh, she was in 116th position last week and 135th this week. So not a uh, terrible fall as you saw through some of the other uh other teams in the league where they have have kind of tumbled through the two the two weeks she's kind of standing standing firm there in the middle of the pack and uh you know not not the end of the world down there at 135th for sure uh let's talk about about her team she's got a couple of higher value drivers with larson and hamlin uh elliot and bush are kind of upper tier she went with the strategy of four higher value drivers and one lower value driver. And she's kind of putting it all on Justin Haley. Yeah. So a lot of times we talk about different strategies with the five drivers. Do you, do you spread them out in those middle values? Do you take high ones to pick a low one? She, like you mentioned, she went with that strategy. Justin Haley is, is an interesting pick. Again, when you take this strategy, you are really banking on hitting on a low driver. We brought up Chris Buescher from last year. If Justin Haley can be that driver for her, she's going to have a really strong team. Justin Haley is only owned by seven teams in the league, and we happen to land on one of the teams in our random selection tonight that he is selected on. At this moment, Justin Haley is not doing it for her. Uh, he's running uh, as a nine-point driver right now, so he's towards the bottom of the league. Uh, he is overperforming from his sixth value, but should point out that she used 79 points. That does give her an opportunity when she decides to go for that swap to bump one of her team, one of her drivers by one point. So upgrading uh, one of her drivers gives her a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the to the swap. One other thing about the the, the strategy of picking the the four higher valued drivers and then the one lower valued is you run the risk of even if if one of your quote unquote, higher value drivers, you know, starts to underperform, you really can see teams start to take a tumble down the the standings when, uh, you know, like Larson, who's underperforming. Uh, if if your lower value driver is not producing as well, there's just uh, the, the 
you're banking on those four drivers being really good. And if one of them's not that, that can cause your team to kind of tumble down. So something we talked about Larson already, but that that's something to keep an eye on with those, those teams that take that strategy. Okay. Overall thoughts on, on Laura's team. So looking at the values, she went with 20. She got a 20 and 19 and 18 and a 16. We've already talked about Haley. Um, I think that her 20 point choice is good. You know, nobody can bash on the Larson pick. I think that is the right choice there. Uh, Denny Hamlin, she had the op- option of Hamlin or Blaney. She went with Hamlin. I do think that that's kind of a toss up. Uh, the Chase Elliott. So you have Chase Elliott versus Christopher Bell right now. It appears she's made the right choice. And then at 16, you have the choice between Kyle Bush and Tyler Reddick. She went with Kyle Bush. And right now that is definitely the right choice. I think overall this team looks really good. If, like we've talked about, Justin Haley can perform. And if he does, I would say if he's even hovering around a mid-tier driver this year in our fantasy league, we should probably watch this team because she's going to be on the rise. Yeah, so she's got the flexibility with the 79 points, and she's got a, her lower driver is over overperforming, which is really all you can ask for is, is that driver just don't be worse than your than your low value. So, um, so pretty pretty good team. Obviously, we're two weeks in. Lock and change. Uh, but uh, Laura number one. Laura twenty four fan. The and I guess the other thing I would say is is I why is William Byron not on your team? Uh, William Byron's a twenty. You went with Larson. She's listening. She'll have to tell us. I would love to hear from her. So, uh, Laura, if you're out there, uh, hit us up. So now we move to the preview of the race this weekend we are headed to sin city las vegas moving to an intermediate track what are the stats for las vegas look like uh what can we expect from from this race yeah so looking at fantasy stat history for vegas your lowest score came just last fall with dave brahman he's been in the league for a while he scored 13 points at vegas last year um, the high score you'll appreciate this one came in the fall of 2022 with 135 points by Mr. Kinnick Rolfus. And I, I say that that's interesting because if I remember 2022 went very, very well for a lot of the Rolfuses, including Kinnick. He made a bounce back. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would have been a playoff playoff race, but he, um, that, that definitely hurt him that week. And then looking at your low average, high average at Vegas, the low average is actually the lowest average we've ever had at any track in fantasy history. 47 points set in the fall of 2021. That is a that is the lowest in of all tracks. Um, your highest average for Vegas is 75 points, and that came in the fall of 2022. So pretty low scoring track with with the high score only being 75 and the lowest being the low it's ever been. So we should expect some strong scores. Definitely not what we've seen the last two weeks. So if your team is in the nineties after Las Vegas, you're probably going to be mentioned in our uh, biggest faller section. Yeah. You're going to start hurting. If you can't, if you can't get a low score here, now it's time to start getting a little bit worried. So just looking at last, the last race spring of last year, Zach Dick, number three, was leading the charge. We had an average of 74 points. So we pushed that that high in just this race last year. 
William Byron dominated it. He hit the quadfecta, as we call it. He won all stages, won the race, had the most laps led. So he scored negative 13 points for fantasy, which is the best you can do as a driver. And it looks like we had some pretty high scores for this race, unlike we're used to seeing. Um, So we'll see what this spring brings. All right, your favorite section. Let's get to it. We're going to talk about our picks. I took Brad Kozlowski, horrible, finished 33rd, uh, obviously wrecked. And you had Austin Sindrick, who had a really good day, uh, won a stage, finished fourth. So that means that we are tied at one apiece after two weeks. And Austin Sindrick has won both of his picks. So every time he's been picked, he has has won us the, the point. So... Uh, he will finish it 2-0. And I guess the only thing we can guarantee is that we can't swap picks this week. That's true. Now, now it's your turn to pick pick a winner, and uh, I'll have to steal it next week. But who are you uh, Who you got going for, for Vegas? Well, you know, I initially I had a pick, and then I looked at William Byron's score from last year, and I started questioning it. But I'm still going to go with my heart and my brain. I think Kyle Busch handles things this week. I think that's a pretty good uh pretty good pick. He's obviously done pretty well there uh the last uh last 3 years. Joe Gibbs has been the strongest team at Las Vegas since February of 2021. I'm going to go with Martin Truex. He has 6 top 10s in his last 6 races. So he he doesn't lead a lot of laps, but he's there towards the end and uh I'm going to take Martin Truex for this week. That's a good pick. I like that. Obviously, you went with uh, stats, and I just, you know, made something up. But I think that we've shown that if we uh, if we hold the pit box and we get to pick first, it hasn't gone well. We're over two there. That is true. Kyle Busch, obviously from Las Vegas, uh, and and has run really well there. Uh, be interesting to see if uh, we can get our first winner. And double up those points this year, this this week. So uh Kyle Bush and Martin Truex are your atop the pit box picks of the week. Any uh final thoughts here before we we sign off for for this week? That's all I've got. I'm gonna try to get some better sleep tonight. Atlanta had me jonesing, still has me jonesing. We'll see, we'll see if I can start coming down from that and get ready for Vegas. How many how many times have you watched that race so far? I've watched the replay of that finish so many times. I just get on Twitter and try to find it because I just want to keep watching it. I even showed it to my wife. She loved it. So that's, that's saying something. Shout out to Cindy. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Help us grow by sharing the podcast or leaving a five-star review. And if you want more, check us out on Twitter and Facebook by searching atop the pit box. And be sure to check out atopthepitbox.com for current standings and stats for this year's Fantasy NASCAR League. We'll see you next time.